0: Are you okay? Don't care. Don't care. Great! Bring on the bubbly! On the
1: bubbly.
0: Babe! <laughs> hey guys, this is Are You Okay with Teeny Lewis. Greetings, podsters. Welcome back to the show. This is Teeny. This is Are You Okay with Season Two. Episode 20. Bring on the bubbly bitches. It is time to celebrate. We have been on this journey together for 20 episodes. That is epic. I cannot thank you guys enough for all of your support so far. And we're just going to keep leveling up and tacking it on. Okay. There is just no time to be mediocre. I keep saying it. Got to keep leveling up. And that's why I wanted to do an extra, like, kind of fun episode with episode 20, and I wanted to hear from the podsters directly. I also haven't really done an industry-based chat in a hot minute, so I thought it was really important to revisit that, and there's obviously so much to unpack when it comes to auditioning, but at the end of the day, what's really important is to remember that it is 95% of your job, and you need to have a good relationship with it. And if you're a muggle and you don't audition, you're not an actor— whether it be job interviews or sales pitches or teaching or whatever it is that you're up to, it's important to not take yourself so seriously, right? Like we need to be able to laugh. These stories that the podsters wrote in are so good. And I also have two lads, sexy booked and blessed gentlemen coming on the show today to tell their most impactful audition stories that have led them to their biggest projects yet, which is super exciting stuff. Um, so yeah i i I can't really say it enough right like there is nothing i find more unattractive and more sad than somebody storming out of an audition room or being like an energy vampire or dwelling like we all get frustrated with our careers totally normal it would be weird if you were like on cloud nine 24 7. you know low points are good points we've been over this but like i said It's part of the job. You need to figure out how to leave your shit at the door and keep it the fuck moving. All right? So before we hear from the podsters directly and before we hear from my guests, I'm going to share one of my most impactful audition stories. A little bit whorish, whorish? A little bit of a horror story. Oh my God. It's so late and I'm so last minute because I wasn't happy with the intro because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and here we are. Um a little bit on the horror side, um mostly impactful. Like it was probably one of my most human moments in an audition room yet. And what do I mean by that? Well, I was just kind of unapologetically myself with what I was going through. So, I was going in for Legally Blonde the musical, okay? Um, I've done the show before. It was my graduating show at Randolph. I played the role of Paulette, and I was auditioning for the role of Paulette uh, for a regional theater here in Canada. Now, my audition was at like 9.30 or 10 in the morning, which honestly is quite early for me to start vocalizing, to start singing full out, especially when I was working late at the time. I was serving four to five nights a week, and normally I would get someone to cover my shift if I had something really important like this, but I'd done the show before, so I was like, I got this, and I kind of needed the money, so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to work. I'm not going to be there too late. I'm going to get up. I'm going to warm up, and I'm going to nail this. Well, sweetie, Lord Jesus Christ, Buddha, the universe, Mother Teresa, had different plans, okay? I ended up working like I said I ended up being there super late we got like rammed at the restaurant and put a wedge in my plans and essentially I got up early but not as early as I wanted to I did like a mini warm up and my neighbors actually upstairs were super problematic in the sense that like they didn't like the singing they always complained about the noise and so I was super frustrated But alas, I got to my audition, I was prepared, and I was ready to go. And so I got in the room, I did the scene, nailed it, and then it was time for me to do the song. And so for those of you that don't know the musical Legally Blonde, Paulette sings this song called Ireland. And it's all about Ireland and how she loves Ireland and how she wants to marry an Irishman and then she does the reprise. Where it's kind of like a shorter version of Ireland. And there's somewhat of a high note at the end. Nothing crazy. I had sung it many a time before. And that's what we had to do for the audition. So it was time for me to sing it. Get through the song. Sounds great. And then at the end, I'm like... La. Like nothing comes out. I don't even crack. Like cracking would have probably been better at that point. And I... <laughs> I blow it, like, and the the panel looks at me, and everybody's just kind of, like, looking at me, and I'm like, hmm, all right, and they're like, okay, do you want to, like, take that again? They're really nice about it. So, I'm like, absolutely. I have no idea what happened there. So, the accompanist starts playing again, you know, and I go for it, and here we go. La! Or whatever the key is. I'm not even saying it in the right key, but no sound came out. Again! I was mortified. Like, I... That had never happened to me in an audition before. Of course, I had, like, fucked up lyrics or notes, but no sound? Like, do I have vocal notes? Like, what is this girl going through? So, I kind of just look at the panel. They're a little confused. Like, everybody's just kind of, like, sitting there, and I'm like, I worked till 3 o'clock in the morning last night. I know the show. I've played the role. I can sing this. And everybody was just like shook. Like I said, it was the most human moment that I had ever had. I just told them what I was going through. I didn't say I was sick. I didn't say that it's not in my range or whatever. I was just like, I worked till three o'clock in the morning. Like, that's what this is. Like my voice is not in good shape right now. Um, and so I knew I wasn't going to get a call back. Why would you want to work with somebody like that? Like, it just felt unprofessional, but I knew it wasn't unprofessional because I know I'm not an unprofessional actor. Like I was prepared. I was just, I had shit going on. I had to work, you know, you win some, you lose some. And so I left no callback and I was like, I'll probably never get seen by them again. And lo and behold, I was seen again. And I always wonder like why that is. Maybe they didn't read too much into the cracking or the no fucking sound that came out. Or maybe they were like, damn, like this girl was just honest and she was human and not a robot. So take what you will from that story. Don't go in and spill the latest on your breakup or your parents' divorce or your latest trauma, but I really think that people want to work with people and not musical theater robots. So alas, quite the impactful story. I'll never forget it. And moral of the story is get your fucking shift covered, teeny. Go to bed and warm up properly regardless of the neighbors. Now, there is always something to learn from your auditions, so it is time to hear from one of my dear friends who has been killing it, and he has got quite the story that led him to one of his biggest bookings yet. Potty Podsters. Now, before I get into reading some of these audition stories that were sent in to me, I felt, I I deemed it essential to have somebody on who has auditioned hundreds of times, who is very much in the industry. He is a singer, actor, dancer, tumbler, fucking crazy guy. I met him working for Cruise Line, and let's welcome Jack (laughs) Baradell.
2: I'm just like listening for applause.
0: (laughs) He's also Canadian, so you're out West right now, right, Jack?
2: Yes, ma'am. Vancouver. Wow, wow, wow.
0: Yes. So just give us a little backstory, who you are, and then I really just want to hear from you in terms of like your crazy audition stories.
2: All right. Who am I? Um yeah, I'm a singer, dancer, actor from northern BC originally, a really small um oil town, about 14 hours north of Vancouver. Um, I always knew I wanted to do musical theater. Um it's and I did ships right out of high school for a okay. while, and then was kind of lost for a while. I thought I was going to be an academic and then went to musical theater school in North Vancouver when I was like a mature student, like 25 years old. So I got a okay. bit of a big start, um, but things went really well. I, I worked at the arts club here a lot and then made the move out to Toronto probably like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Was just the best decision ever like being in Vancouver was amazing and being in Toronto was just like another level you know what I mean yeah. it was just, you know, go from a city with like 2 million people that had like a pretty amazing art scene already to then a like megalopolis 10 million people with like all these theater companies and multiple theater schools and all that stuff so yeah I was in Toronto for a few years and then obviously we did Cruise Line and then the pandemic struck uh, and this actually kind of leads into my my yes. first audition story, the pandemic struck and I was like, we had just come off a contract and then I had done a contract at the Grand and mm-hmm. things were going great. Um, I felt like I was peaking. I had just booked like three shows in a row. I had a year of work. I had just talked my way into choreographing my first TV commercial like from being one of the people auditioning to be a dancer in it no
0: way yeah
2: and it already choreographed it and we were about to go into shooting like we had already rehearsed and everything and then pandemic obviously and I think I was leaving for a contract at um Petrolia uh nine days after that so I was homeless and the commercial still paid me which was amazing but really like I'm so sad I never got to put that on its feet and get the, the footage from it and everything and so then you know pandemic like everyone like had emotional meltdowns because i was just like so unbelievably bored in toronto um even though i was trying to like get out every day and do all the things you just, right
0: like, you and we didn't know lot. how how long it was gonna last right so that's where oh. everything just kind of hung for a bit
2: yeah. And it was the weird thing of like, oh, it's two weeks. Okay. A month, like two months, three months, no problem. Six months. Okay. Everything for the next year is canceled all yeah. in that matter of like three months. And so I think it was getting close to my birthday in July and I decided to come back to Vancouver and I was going to like start working landscaping with my brother just for the hell of it and see my family and see my niece and nephew and Like it's gorgeous here. So I was going to do lots of like a little boat in the summer and do fun things. And I convinced my roommate Bennett to come out with me Mm -hmm. and we're booting around for the summer. It's probably like late August and I get this email that's for an audition. And I'm like, obviously haven't done an audition in like six months. So I'm like pumped and because I have nothing else going on. I'm the most thorough. I'm like reading the breakdown, trying right. to sure I get every word. But when I get to like the part of like who the creatives are and stuff, it, it's obviously got like a fake working name because it's film and TV. Mm-hmm. But the producer is listed as Lauren Michaels, who is the producer of Saturday Night Live. And yep. I've been a huge Saturday Night Live fan my whole life. Um, and so I freaked out. like holy crap holy crap holy crap and i keep reading and the choreographer is listed as christopher vitelli who is a broadway award-winning choreographer like won the tony for newsies and like just countless other things but i knew who he was because i was a huge fan of newsies when it came out so Uh, you're
0: like shitting bricks already yeah
2: so like I don't think i've ever been so immediately nervous for an audition but the beauty thing is is that now we're in covet and it's all self tapes and i'm like right. Great. i like i love rocking a good self tape i love putting together footage and like i don't know I, i'm just like really into that side of it and so they want like a three and a half minute video or something like that and uh, so of course i make a seven minute video <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I, at this point, like me and Bennett are visiting my parents on Pender Island, which is this tiny little island that's like an hour and a half away from Vancouver, in the middle of nowhere, and there's no dance studios, there's no nothing, you know what I mean? Like I've got my parents' living room, which really is like, they live in a tiny little cabin on this island. Right. And so use like all old footage, and I like sing a song in my mom's bedroom because that's where the sound is best and like it's rough but like I have enough other footage that so I think it's okay and I send the video off and you like you're like you're not good at self-assessing you know what I mean like it's just so hard to tell like first, you're way too critical of yourself and then you're way too nice. And like, I don't know. That's the
0: thing with self tapes too, right? It's almost like when you go into the room, one and done, they may give you direction, you may get to do it again, you may fuck it up, you may kill it. And you're done. You're out and you're next with self tapes, you just beat it into the ground. You watch it over and over again. It's on your phone. You critique yourself. Like I had a coach be like, listen, shoot it three times and call it okay. Because you're beating it like a dead horse. And then you're just like, you're 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 playing director, you're playing makeup, hair, you know, you're doing all the roles. So it can be overwhelming, but it's super fun, too. I get what you're saying.
2: Yeah. yeah. And so then my agents are like, we'll probably hear within a week. Like, it'll be really quick. They're moving okay. on this because this is a project that they were supposed to start before the pandemic and they've been greenlighted to shoot in Vancouver. And so they really want to be like in production as soon as possible and capitalizing on their investment, obviously. Um, and so a week goes by and I haven't heard anything, whatever. And we're getting into the, the middle of the next week. And I have a friend who has been like visiting and they have a job in Vancouver and I have a car, I just bought a car. And so I told them that I would drive them to Vancouver for their gig. Like I would take them on the ferry and take them over and me and Bennett would get an Airbnb for the night and then just come back the next day and It's the night before and like, because it's COVID, the ferry schedule is insane. Like they've canceled all the sailing. You have to to pre-book your sailing. So we had booked this like two weeks in advance. Um, We have to like leave at 5.30 in the morning to get on a seven o'clock ferry to get them there for their first rehearsal at like 11 or something like that. And the night before I get a call back they say of course yeah you're gonna be doing a zoom callback. it's tomorrow it's it's like full dancing um there's some other details but i'll get to them when we get to the actual like audition part but fast forward to the n- the next morning my friends sleep in we're late we're rushing out of the house i'm oh. super stressed we uh go to get into the car and Bennett gets a nosebleed <laughs> So we have to like run back in the house and deal with the nosebleed real quickly, come back out to the car, get in the car, drive to the ferry. We get to the ferry and we've made it. We're like in line, we're waiting to get on the ferry. And then when it's time to start loading the ferry, my car won't start. It's this new car I just bought that I know needs work. You know what I mean? I'm about to like do all this stuff, but the car won't start. The person is like directing all the cars behind me to like come around us. And it's getting to the point where i'm like i've got the trunk open i've got the hood open i'm like fiddling with everything and then going and trying to start it and they're like you have like 30 seconds and we're leaving and the car starts and we finally get on the ferry
1: Ooh. And
2: so um the night before i reserve a studio there's a studio space in vancouver and they say in the audition um call in the callback call email Um, don't worry about renting a studio this will be like a living room friendly combo and we'll try and make everyone can like shine and do their best kind of thing um but I we get into town we drop friend off at the gig I go to the the rented studio everything times out perfectly I get there like three minutes before I'm supposed to like get on zoom and sign in yeah meanwhile I've just like I bought my first laptop in 13 years, just like haven't owned a laptop. If I hadn't (laughs) bought the laptop, I couldn't have done this callback. So that was-
0: The timing of it all, right? It's weird. I suppose, heck.
2: And then um, get into the studio and get on the Zoom call. And there's like, it's probably like 70 people in this callback. And it's like, it's everyone you know in the Canadian musical theater industry, like all the like people who are, at Stratford and at Shaw or like Canadians who were on Broadway, like all oh, just the best of the best. And you're like
0: you're like, Ooh. <laughs>
2: like like if all these people were in a room together, you'd be so shook. You know what I mean? It would just never happen. But because it's Zoom, here they all are. And, and you, you could go, see right?
0: them, Jack, like what? In the waiting room, or everybody was on together.
2: Everyone was on together. Oh, so like, wow. Everybody watched each other's auditions. You did Oh no. <laughs> And so my stress re- level is already through the roof and we start learning the combo and they've got it set up. Like, I think Christopher Catelli is like in his condo in Manhattan somewhere. And then there's an assistant in Broadway dance center, mm-hmm. who's like teaching the combo and running people through it. And then Telsey is the casting company in New York, but there's another casting company in Vancouver, who is like, I think in charge of like pressing play on the music and stuff.
0: Right. They're all like all hands on deck. <laughs>
2: yeah um so it's a bit crazy and we start learning the combo and i shit you not we start learning the bows from newsies which is like not to throw shade at anyone but like not a living room friendly combo
0: right you're like, like come on <laughs> yeah
2: the first move is like jump split like double pirouette fat Ma, like Shene shenny Barishnikov, and i was like okay like
0: you were like i'm glad i rented this studio uh,
2: it was uh aggressive um and then we learn the combo and make it through it and like honestly like I feel like I've done really really well i'm in they do it alphabetically so i get to be in like one of the first groups which is okay amazing. and then i get to like watch other people and just like my heart breaking for friends who i see in their living rooms like not being able to execute the choreography knowing full well that like this person is a phenomenal dancer, you know what I mean? But there's like a couch to
0: their right and a TV to the And left. a lamp and like <laughs> yeah. their mom's walking around. Like.
2: <laughs> oh, so messed up. And you just see the, like the stress on their face, but yeah, we go through the groups. And then after all of this, they're like, we're going to get everybody to in their groups of four, just kind of give us like an intro and a rundown of who you are and like, you know, like what skills you have. They've listed some specific skills that they that they need for the show. Like they said, they were really big on partnering and tap. Yeah. Um, and so luckily one of the people who's in the callback is Ashley St. John. I don't know if you know who Ashley St. John is, um, but she's a good friend of mine. Okay. And we, uh, we used to have an adage act together. I used to do it with Jennifer Thiessen. And, and then whenever Jen- Yes, can-
0: I know Jen, I yes
2: yeah we would sub ashley in and ashley is like with my agency i like recommended her to my agency being like this girl is unbelievable you definitely need to have her on your roster and when it's time to like list our skills i'm like oh i'm going to talk about partnering but they have done this thing i don't know why they did it and i talked to ashley about it she's like i don't even know how they found this out but her middle name is on her zoom call and I didn't know her middle name it's brooke and when it was time for me to be like by the way I have an adage act with ashley I said ashley brooke and then had a full stroke and for like 15 seconds couldn't remember her last name oh no on the zoom call everyone patiently waiting and saying nothing like holding up the whole world St. John
0: <laughs> we,
2: like, <laughs> that was the most embarrassing moment like I just yeah it was a lot
0: <laughs> right but like honestly in the grand scheme of things not the end of the world but you know that those like 15 seconds feel like an hour yeah.
2: after the craziest audition of you're life, like I just
0: moment. forgot my bat one of my dear friends last name I've done that it's fucking like when you're under the microscope like that you're just like yo why can't I remember her name
2: <laughs> a lot yeah, got off that call and just just never been so, like, I don't know, I feel like I've done a lot of crazy auditions in my life, but never been so just like dismantled afterwards. You know what I mean? Right. That yeah, was crazy. And
0: so, then that's
2: it, that's kind of the end of the story.
0: <laughs> okay, so after that though, you booked it. So what happened yeah.
2: then? Um. So then like, that would have been the end of August, and then just like endless amounts of waiting, like weeks go by. I think it's been like really. It's been like two weeks, and I'm getting messages from the costa of being like, "There, we're about to hear things. Like they they they've made some choices. You'll know soon. Blah blah blah, sort of thing." And I think it got to the end of like week three. You know, Friday morning or Thursday night, I got an email. Or actually, a text saying, Congratulations, you're like still in the running. They've cut a lot of people. We know a lot of people haven't made it, and you're still like on the list of people who are potential candidates. And then maybe like 12 hours later or 24 hours later, I get a text being like, They've chosen eight people, um, and you're not on that list we know that they or we've been told that they're, they're looking at potentially hiring more people. We don't really know what's going on. We just know the eight people they've hired and you're not one of them, sorry. And I was like, okay, but they said, you're still in the running. Like we, we haven't been told that you cut or anything like that. Yeah. Like, all right, sounds good. And they, but they said to me, they said, well, no more in 24 hours, 24 hours pass. I haven't heard anything. Of
0: course, of course.
2: I haven't heard anything. Three days pass, haven't heard anything. And then finally on like Monday, I get a message being like, you're still in the running. We still don't know, still waiting. And so at this point I've like, obviously pandemic is still happening and I've decided that I'm going to like move from Toronto back to Vancouver. And so I get a flight to Toronto and I'm packing up all my stuff and kind of, kind of starting to feel a little depressed. You know what of I mean? Course. It's like theater is my life. You know what I mean? It, it has been since I was a little kid and professionally, it has been since like before I graduated high school. Yeah. Um, and... I am like coming to terms with just like sort of creating a normal Joe life and like enjoying the other things that the world has to offer. But it's really starting to like hit me harder than it has at all in that week when I'm like packing up all my stuff and leaving It's just been like the best chapter of my life. And I'm like sitting there eating breakfast one day and I'm FaceTiming my friend because we're going to meet up later that day. And I'm telling her about the audition. First time we talked since I like went through all that stuff. And I didn't really want to talk to anybody about it after it happened, because I like to just like keep it out of sight, out of mind. Of kind course. of. Deal. But at this point, I've kind of like accepted that I'm not going to book it. And so I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what happened now. And like, yada, yada. And while I'm in the middle of telling her what happened, I get an email saying I booked it.
0: Oh, I love that, Jack.
2: And then, like reading the email, looking at like stuff that's coming up, and it's talking about COVID tests and costume fittings and first day's of rehearsal. I go in to look at the rehearsal schedule while talking to her and start to like read off the list of names of people who are in rehearsal with us, and I'm like losing my mind. Like the first name is Kristen Chenoweth. You know what I mean? Like you're like oh god the second name is Alan Cumming and then like Fred Armisen and Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong, and just the list goes on and on and on and on and I just yeah like never never felt anything like that in my life the only thing I could compare it to was like I auditioned for a cruise line when I was in high school in grade 12 and uh Suffice to say, growing up as a male dancer in a redneck town is not the nicest thing in the world.
0: You don't say.
2: Yeah, (laughs) so getting that phone call when I was like three months away from graduating, being like, you're flying to LA the day after graduation, that was like the most unbelievable thing
0: ever. Of course, the biggest F you to everyone. Like, I love that.
2: That was crazy, but this Schmigadoon booking was just- Okay,
0: yeah, so I was gonna say, so tell us, it's Schmigadoon. And yeah, you can you can watch it, it now, right? Yeah,
2: it's out on Apple Plus. They released the first two episodes a week, two weeks ago. No, I guess like a week and a half ago. And then episode three came out uh, on Friday. Another two more episodes, and I'm in I'm in five of six episodes. And I don't know what to say. It was unbelievable. Of like just a magical experience. Christopher Catelli was the sweetest man in the entire world, and like
0: yeah so
2: so so happy to be working and like
0: and like working on a film too sorry not a film in film and tv like taking all the skills that you've learned being in theater and working on ships, and like getting to be on the other side of the spectrum it's just like congrats babe so exciting so happy for you and i just love that story because it's like when all the puzzle pieces come together right bc and then the nose bleed and it's like all these things that happen to us and people have no fucking idea right they don't know like what really goes into it what anyone was dealing with that day you know and it's just like it's so inspiring and i love it so thank yeah. you for sharing
2: my pleasure
0: any other audition tidbits for us, babe?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll share one more. This one's probably my most embarrassing one, which means it's yeah, yeah, yeah I got to do it. Um, so <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to do like probably probably the reason I got into the industry when I was a little kid, I saw singing in the rain and Donald O'Connor was my hero and Gene Kelly was also another one, obviously. And I've always wanted to play Don or Cosmo in singing in the rain. And I still never have. But I've auditioned for the show a few times, but the most recent time that I auditioned for the show, I had it on lock. I was like, I feel like I know what I did wrong. The last few times I auditioned for this show, I'm going to make the adjustments. I'm going to go and I'm going to crush this. And it's in a, it's in a church that's at like Bloor university.
0: Oh, Bloor street, United church Yeah, auditioned there many a time.
2: Yeah. So I go and I like sort of know the choreographer, but not really um but I go to the dance call and I feel like this is this is my stuff you know what I mean like old school Broadway jazz tap like
0: I got it I got this
2: corny dad jokes and I like I I'm really happy with the dance call and get called back and I'm really happy about that and then I'm riding my bike from Parkdale to the Bloor Street United Church. <laughs> and my tire pops, so I have to like lock my bike up and hop on a streetcar. I'm late for my callback, but I get there and everyone's there. We get in, we start reading, and I read as Cosmo first, and then they have me read as Dawn afterwards. And I feel like it's all going unbelievably well. And then they have me read as both characters again with a couple other people. Um, and then at one point, the, the choreographer is like, I just wanna run outside and talk to some people real quick. And I'm just alone in there with the director. And the director says to me, and this is like the first time this is ever, only time this has ever happened to me in my life where the director was like, Jack, you're like, you're special. There's something like incredible about you. He, he said something about having, he's like, you got like a gleam in your eye or something like that. Right. And I was like, like- oh. Yeah, I was like, cool, man. Like, I'm glad you feel that way. And um, he's saying nice things and asking about where I'm from and what my story is and stuff. And people are about to come back in the room. And I'm like, oh, by the way, I have one more thing I want to show you. Uh. Um, I feel like this pertains really well to the show. And so I'm about to do the backflip off the wall that Donner, Donald O'Connor does. And I've done this in countless auditions and also in countless shows. And I've done this trick a million times. I've seen my life. you do it.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: And I like, have seen other people have issues with this so I go to the I go to the wall and I like make sure I find a beam you know what I mean like give it a little pound I'm like yeah there's a stud right there we're all good and I go to do the backflip off the wall but before I'm about to do as I'm running up to it the director goes no 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 but I'm committed fully I do the backflip I land it but when I put my foot on the wall straight through massive hole in the wall and I'm like I'm I'll pay for everything. I'll go talk to the church. Don't worry about it. Like, totally my fault. Like, try to say everything I can say. And I do go and talk to the church. And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, this room is old. We're remodeling. Like, don't even worry about it. They're like, "It, it's meaningless, whatever. But right away, the tone of the audition changed. They're well, yeah. Furious at me, and I did not book the
0: job you didn't oh no i was gonna say did you book did you book no. yeah i mean look you'll win some you'll lose some jack and like that's such a good story i love that like don't care and another just highlight of like what we go through you're like i got it i got this trick let's go and then just just nah nah okay well look <laughs>
2: perfect and things can feel perfect and all it takes is one thing you know
0: oh my gosh well thank you so much for sharing babe it was lovely talking to you and I can't wait to tune in to your show
2: Can't wait to tune into this show
0: yeah babe you're gonna love it okay we'll talk to you soon bye Thank you so much, Jack, for coming on and sharing that story. It's now time to hear from the podsters directly with the stories that they have written in. Andrew said... Heard your call-out for audition horror stories, and I immediately wanted to share how 15 years back at a TV commercial audition for a major gum brand, I had to comedically make out with a young woman I just met, and that during this, I managed to somehow get some of her highly gelled and curled locks of hair lodged between my front teeth. Sweetie, how does that happen? To be fair, when you don't block it out, like, Lord only knows what you're sucking on, but then I just realized that the true horror story was that either she or I had been put in that position. No informed consent, no waivers, no intimacy direction, just meh, you're touchy feely actors, figure it out. I also realized that in this very moment at the same prominent casting agency back in the day, I won't shame with names, but it rhymes with flower mouse. Thank you, Toronto. I witnessed a gaggle of young women forced to wait their turn to audition in bikinis. In a communal waiting area with three other calls going on, one with mostly men and another with small tr- children all getting an eyeful. In short, the very process of auditioning has many instinctive, nightmarish qualities. I can't speak. That we as an industry are only just beginning to address. And thank Sanity, that we finally are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I haven't auditioned, like, semi-half-naked before. Um, I've definitely had to be intimate with other actors without... Not that, like, it was without consent. But definitely not how they would handle things today. And thank God it's different. And... You want to be able to laugh at that, but at the same time, you got this stranger's hair in your mouth. Like, COVID anyone? Great. Thanks for sharing, Andrew. Now let's hear from Emma. So one time I had to work a really fast shift at Starbucks and then go straight to an audition afterwards. Shocker. I got a very berry hibiscus drink to sip on on my way there. Note these drinks have tiny blackberry chunks in it. anyway i did the audition and thought it went great got some weird looks but didn't think much about it i get home and go to the bathroom while washing my hands i look at the mirror and realize that i have blackberry pieces all up in my grill i literally looked like i had a zillion black cavities needless to say i did not book the job well honey they thought you probably had some gum disease or whatever the situation was but all to say poor emma is just trying to get a little bit of energy before her audition and instead, she makes herself look like the Grinch. Cool. This is also for Emma. Another time I was auditioning for a sweet ingenue role. I was really excited and went above and beyond looking pretty and sweet in a really cute sundress. Fuck that. Did my hair and makeup the whole nine yards. The audition was at a big theater with some pretty well-known names in the industry. I walked into my audition, which was all in an all-blackout theater with these huge stage lights beaming down on me. I did the audition, and it felt really good. Had some great conversation with the casting directors, and then on my way out, the runner, who had been sitting in the audition, pulled me aside and told me that my dress was completely see-through and the casting table could see my entire chest, nipples and all, as well as my underwear. I am not small-chested. Needless to say, I never wore that dress again. Wow. Talk about some soft porn on a casual afternoon auditioning for The Sound of Music. I don't know what you were auditioning for, but that's heinous. Like, that's not cool. And I'm not really sure how you would handle that. Like, do you prefer if the casting team is like, whoa, we can see your tits? Or do you prefer not knowing at all? Like, I guess I'm glad the runner told you because then you're never gonna wear that dress again. But also like that probably should have been handled better. You poor thing, that is literally traumatizing. I know one time I was super sick for an audition. I had like food poisoning and I was 18 and I was going in for a movie or a series and it was elite casting in Montreal who knew me quite well. I had done workshops with them And I was so excited, but I was so sick. And I wore this dress and it was so out of it to the point where the casting director was like, are you okay? Sweetie, no. I've been puking and having diarrhea, but I'm still here. Um, I didn't tell her that, but then like my dress was like tucked in and my polka dot underwear was out for like everyone to see on camera. Like it was horrible. And I don't think I auditioned for them for a very long time after that. Great. This next story is from Amanda in Montreal. Some 10 years ago, I went to the wrong Mel's building for an audition. Now, for those of you that don't know Podsters, Mel's is like this massive film studio in Montreal, and there's like many buildings, and it's right off the highway slash, kind of, and so it can be a little bit confusing. On a bus in a heat wave. When I realized there was no Mel's 3 after Mel's 2, I was lost. At that point, I was already sweating bullets and confused from the heat. The amount of times I've been, like, drenched from doing whatever I'm doing and I show up to an audition, and I'm like, my hair looks disgusting. Great. So I turn back, walking into a strange pattern on film studio grounds, trying to catch a Wi-Fi signal to Google my way. At some point, a car, a loud-busted orange car with cardboard for side windows, what stopped and asked me why the heck I was walking on the side of the highway. I said, I'm looking for Mel's three. He laughed. He said he's a grip and that he could drive me there. So I got in a stranger's car. Thank goodness he was not a creep. Of course, his car doesn't have AC and I arrived at the correct building an hour late with heat exhaustion, nauseated, shaking, hyperventilating. Jesus, sweetie and slurring my words. I couldn't finish a single sentence. They told me to go have some water and come back in 15 minutes. And so I did, but my second attempt was also very painful to watch. Horrible day. You don't say, babe. Yeah, that's not fun. I've definitely gotten lost at Mel's before too, and it was on the bus as well. Um, no, just no. And But what are you going to do in that situation? You're already there. You might as well give it a shot, and then you're like, damn, I'm going to pass out. This next story, this next ah, this next story is from Julia, short and sweet. Basically just the time I got lost because all the doors were glass. When I found the right room, I walked face first into the door and proceeded to dump the entire contents of my bag upon entry. <laughs> to which I simply said, "I want to make sure you remember me." More power to you, girl. I've definitely done that where I've like fallen on my ass and been like, it was on purpose. I wanted to make a lasting impression. Gotta do what you gotta do. Again, human moment. Tasha says, one time I was on the phone with my friend Peter right before I went into the audition room. And when I went in to say my first line, which was Matt, I said, Peter. So embarrassed. Yeah. I'm just going to go with method acting on that one. You were like, you know what? I'm going to resonate more with the name Peter. (laughs) Cassie wrote in, One time as a recent graduate, I was trying to stand out with my resume and decided to fully amp up my special skills section. I think of myself as someone that is pretty good at whistling, so I put it on my resume. Forgot about it, thought nothing of it, went in for an audition, nailed the song, and just as I was about to leave, the guy goes, Oh, I see you have whistling on your resume. Whistle something for us. I panic because I wasn't expecting it, but try to act cool. I go to start whistling happy birthday. Nothing comes out. I start panicking and my mouth is getting drier. And it's just the moment. It's just the most pathetic sounds that escape my lips. Silence. They tell me I can go. Did not book it. Yeah, I mean, moral of this story... Put what you can do eight shows a week on your resume. Lord knows I still got RP English on there, and I should probably take it off. This next story is from Justin, who's been a guest on the podcast before. Justin says, I had a crap audition once. I left. I was seasonally depressed in New York City. Oh, I went immediately to Central Park and cried on a park bench. I looked up, and tourists were taking pictures of me. Let's be real, podsters. Actors in New York City should be a tourist attraction. Okay, this next story is from Taryn, who is a dear friend of mine in South Africa, and she actually has her very own podcast called I Hope I Get It Podcast, all about Audition stories. Essentially, I was the first guest on her show, and her show is, is like one big horror story. Um, so, you're going to want to check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. I was auditioning to be a part of a company who was workshopping a show to go to a festival. I chose a super intense monologue and I fucking rehearsed and worked out psycholo- psychological intentions, the works, I worked out the staging, etc. I get to the audition, and it was said that we would be auditioning in front of each other. Sorry, what? Yeah, that's happened to me a lot, actually. It just is what it is, right? Anyway, I keep it cool because I feel so prepared. Everyone else before me goes, are fucking stars. My turn comes up. I get onto the stage and I freeze. No, like my body is frozen in one spot. It will not move and my brain is mush and I proceed to ramble the entire monologue forgetting half of it and making shit up. I wanted the floor to swallow me whole. The entire time I was standing like a robot my head was like what the fuck are you doing move and it was like an out-of-body experience where I was watching myself destroy myself and then I looked at the panel and it was confusion and it was awful and to this day I have no idea why they cast me bitch you booked after that you better um Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I haven't blacked out on stage before and had an out-of-body experience. I was working at the Edinburgh Fringe, and we were doing this super, like, artsy, dark Edward Bond piece. And we were in this big clump, like, all the actors on top of each other. And I knew my line was coming up, but I couldn't remember it for the life of me. And I'll never forget, like, whispering to the guy below me that I was, like, fully on top of. And I'm like, Tristan, what's my line? line and homeboy fed it to me thank god and so I definitely know what it's like to be like on the outside looking in JT says so one time at an audition we had to do a tumbling pass so for those of you that don't know that's like you know backflips and tricks and like a gymnastics routine at the end of the day, Loki, key. Um, and I probably should have considered the height of the ceiling, but didn't realize it was lower than I thought. I did my round, off th- my round off back layout, and there goes my foot right through the roof. Hole is still there five years later. Oops. Yeah, way to make a lasting bucking impression. I love that. Like, don't care. You're gonna ask me to tumble and your floor or your roof is not stable? That's on you. Christine says, So I'm 100% a backstage girl, but there was an audition for Finding Nemo the Musical at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I thought it actually fit pretty well. I even did vocal lessons to prepare for the audition, and I was ready. Day of, they cut us down from 16 bars to 8, and I panicked. That's some New York City shit where they're like, 8 bars? That's like one line of a song. Are you kidding me? Then they brought us to the audition location where they sat us outside the room. I could hear the other person inside, and my stage fright hit even harder, knowing that everyone outside could hear me and would be judging me. Am I the only one that doesn't get intimidated by that? I think it's like, honestly, I use it as a tool. If I can hear somebody doing something inside that, like, I was planning on doing, maybe I'll switch it up, or it just fuels my fire a little more, or it's a chance to perform. But I understand how that could be, like, super daunting as well. I got inside and there was only one person at the table. I don't know why, but that was more terrifying to me than if it had several people behind the table, so when I started to sing, I froze. I literally couldn't get a single note out. I stopped and asked the casting director if I could start again, to which he graciously allowed, bless his soul, and I started to sing again. Got a little bit through it, but still couldn't breathe, so I stopped and asked one more time, and at this point, I knew I wasn't going to be cast, but I need to get through it for me. I did, I got through it, but I ran the fuck out of the room as fast as I could, and haven't auditioned for anything else ever since. I wanted to share this story because it comes from somebody who usually works backstage, right? Um, She's a costume designer, and... It's important to just, like, it's very humbling to know what your coworkers go through. If I have the opportunity to shadow a technician, I'm going to do it so that I can see what their journey is backstage. What it's like for them to put on a show. And then when, you know, crew members can see what we go through. So we're not crew members. Help. Ship goggles. I've got the cruise ship on my mind. Um, But, no, seriously, like, technicians, people behind the scenes can see... What that journey is like for you. It's very humbling. It's just about like putting yourself in other people's shoes. So great. That's what we go through, baby. And we do it by choice. Help. I am not okay. This is probably my favorite story that was written in. And that's why I saved it till the end. Dustin says, babe, in my college, in my college, in college, my roommates offered me some cake before an audition. Did not tell me it was weed cake. I sang my song so slow that the team were all checking their watches. And my monologue, I forgot it halfway through and asked them to hold on while I read it from my book. Surprise ending. I did not get cast that season. No shit. They were probably like, what is this guy on? I want some. That being said, podsters... Speaking of substances and auditions, I'm gonna hang myself out to dry right now because that's what I do on this show, anyways. And honesty is the best policy. I had a dance call to attend. I think it was a callback. I can't remember, but it was a big audition for me, and it wasn't like super early in the morning. It was in like it was at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And the night before, I was having a quiet night in. I was living alone at the time. I was doing a face mask. And I was on Instagram, and I got a DM from a guy from my past that I used to be obsessed with. And so I knew in my... I was like, no, I'm going to meet him. He's in town. Like, I'm not passing this up. This is the audition. Like, what if this is my husband? I want to have a good time. Don't care. Um, So I ended up going out. Uh... (laughs) I ended up having a wild night. We all know how that ends. And I was, like, really messed up. And so the next day, I, like, rallied for this audition as one does. I show up at the audition location, and I actually puked from being so hungover. Like, that is so bad. So unprofessional. But guess what? Killed it. Killed the dance call and ended up working for that theater A couple months later. So, moral of the story is there is literally no method to this madness. You know, like do what you gotta do, baby. And if there's anything else that I can say, make sure that you reward yourself after a good audition or just any audition in general, right? Like it's an accomplishment in itself, and you should be proud that you're auditioning in the first place. So. Ending on a positive note, thank you, Podsters, for writing in. We're going to hear from one more person. Well, 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 Podsters. Audition horror stories. We're really getting into it. And sometimes to kind of fully understand the experience, you need to talk to a professional, okay? I've got Danny Hammond here with us, Podsters, who's based in New York City and who has been auditioning out of the womb. He's mainly a dancer, works in music theater, and we <laughs> met performing on a cruise ship. Hi, Danny. Hi, my love. What's up? <laughs> you know, living the dream here in New York City. Yes, babe, living the dream. <laughs> yes. Don't I know it all too well. So I want you to take it away. What is your most iconic audition horror story?
1: Okay, so I have two that come to mind. Tell us. My first one is um, for Kinky Boots Broadway. Mm -hmm. So do you know the show? Have you seen the show?
0: I have seen the show, but paint the picture for anyone who may not have.
1: Of course, let me paint. Let me get my brushes, honey. <laughs> so there are six angel tracks in the show. The angels are the drag queens. Mm-hmm. And there's two specialty tracks. One does a backhand handspring in high heels. And then the other girl does like this beautiful bat ma into a bet mall. Yes. Into um a split, a cooter slam, if you will.
0: Yeah, and a bat maw for any muggles is a kick, like a high kick into yes, the splits. Yes,
1: honey. It uh, translates to large beats in yeah. French. <laughs>
0: <laughs> c'est bon, excellent. So, c'est so uh,
1: we're at this call. I think it was it was either an initial appointment or it was the callback. But they were looking for these specialty tracks. Mm-hmm. So we all did the combination. And then casting was like, we're looking for this back handspring and we're looking for this jump split. Please, if you do not know this or can't do the tricks, do not do it. Do not hurt yourself. We have other tracks open.
0: Wow. How gracious of them. (laughs) Cut to
1: we're doing it one at a time. This one guy does the back handspring and it was I God, I hope he's not listening, shit. But he does the back handspring, and it was kind of wonky. And the casting was like, do you want to do the jump split? And he was like, um,
0: huh? yeah, yeah, I can do it. And they were like, are you Are you sure? Right, like, you could I'd, hurt yourself doing this.
1: Like, please don't. Like, this is an audition. You're not getting paid yet. Um, he's like, no, I can do it. I can do it. He goes to do it, and all you hear is and his fucking knee pops. No. Cut to 911. This guy gets brought out of the fucking room. And of course, casting, they're, they're like, OK, um, who's next? My best friend, Kenny, was in the room with me. And they call his name. They're like, Kenneth Michael Murray. He's and, I like... to, <laughs> and I turned to him. And under my breath, I said, good luck, bitch. <laughs> So that's one of my first horror stories. Oh my
0: stories. gosh. Have you ever heard from said individual? Did you know him? I mean, I think I've seen him. Like, you've right. seen the same
1: fucking people. It's so incestuous, those holding rooms. But I haven't seen old friends. No,
0: and it's like, guys, like, friendly reminder you have to do this shit eight shows a week. Yes. Especially and on that's, Broadway, right? Like, no. It,
1: yes, it's not literally not worth your career to fuck up your body in an audition
0: no i remember when we met you you were recovering from an injury as well mm-hmm. and you're like no i'm not doing that and i was like good for you like no you have to stand your ground like it, your body your tool like just for one contract like absolutely not okay no What's your other one babe so my other one um wait was for... hold up did you end up doing the backflip in the cooter slam oh of course yes i didn't know that okay great
1: uh, yeah uh kinky boots was like one of like the one that got away yeah so you uh, made it was, like all the way yeah i was called in for it a lot of times and just never got it but i was always brought in for those two specialty tracks because i tumble
0: yes okay cool 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 okay next Next
1: story. So this, um, I can't name the name, the project or mm-hmm. the creatives, but maybe at a later date. And let me start this with, I am so beyond grateful for this experience. It was truly to date, like a highlight of my career. Yes. I'm so grateful that I got to do it. But <laughs> the audition was pretty hellish. Okay. And so. The pandemic didn't help.
0: Sorry. This was, so this was obviously not for theater then.
1: No, this was for a movie. Okay. So again, uh, dance auditions in a pandemic are quite literally the worst. Learning from the video is difficult in general. And it really depends on how they film it for you. So like if whoever's filming is filming from like face on, when you then watch the video, you have to reverse everything mm-hmm. because it's mirrored. So that takes like literally hours to do. And luckily my boyfriend, who's so wonderful, Benji Roche, Canada's own.
0: Canada, we love dating a Canadian, baby. Yes, honey.
1: He um like put the video into... I movie for me and like reversed it so I could learn it and talk to me off my ledge. Cause I was like, I'm not doing it. It's too hard. I'm not doing
0: it. Well, look, like they're asking a lot of us these days, which I totally get because you know, nobody knows how to navigate how to self tape and this and that, and this new fucking age of craziness, but it's an opportunity. Right. And you're like, I need totally. to take this.
1: Yes. And, but it's like, what I hate about it is that it's become like for the elite
0: Mm-hmm. It feels
1: like, cause you have to go out. Like I live in New York city. I can't do a tap combination in my third floor apartment. Like my neighbors <laughs> will fucking hate me. <laughs> and I've right. already been screamed at for moving too much or singing too loud. So like oh, you babe. have to go out and rent a studio. So I go out, rent a studio, do the tape. The breakdown from my agent was like, um callbacks will be on this date. Um with a possible final callback on this date. Submit the video. We get to the day of what is supposed to be the callback. It's like 12 o'clock. Haven't heard anything. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna leave this to Buddha. Didn't get a callback. <laughs> I get an email at one o'clock. from casting that was like hey we would like to see the following people for a zoom callback Hmm. this was three hours before the callback three hours so i'm shitting bricks on the phone with like ripley greer studios trying to lock down a studio because i can't (laughs) dance in my fucking apartment finally get a studio And I'm like, it's $85 with a union discount. Well, cute. So I send a reply to casting. I was like, thank you so much. I will be there. Do you know about how long the callback will run so I can book studio time accordingly? No response.
0: Of course not.
1: So I book a studio for two hours and I'm like, hopefully that's enough. Get to the studio, warm up beat my face, put this wig on, look cute, start the Zoom call. They were an hour and 45 minutes late. Copy. And I only got a studio for two hours. So I'm frantically on the phone with my agent. I was like, what's happening? Like, is this happening? I'm about to get kicked out of the studio. I paid $85. I don't have money. I'm unemployed.
0: You know, regardless, no, you know, so. So they finally join the Zoom call.
1: Like, hey guys, so sorry for the little delay. Uh, um, mind you, the video, they, they only sent us the video to learn. They sent us no music. We start that Zoom call back and they're like, oh yeah, so we're on Zoom and there's going to be a, a lag. Um, so you guys have to play your own music but they didn't send us music. So what and did you do? So I just used the video that they sent us to learn it, but when you hit play, it literally goes seven, eight, and the combo starts. Okay. So I'm sitting, I hit play, I run into place, I completely miss the first eight counts.
0: Well, yeah, cause you're playing fucking DJ and editor and-
1: <laughs> uh, Yes. So I was like, I'm so sorry can I take that again? Cause I was trying to hit play and then bring zoom back up so I could see myself if I was in the picture, but I didn't have enough time to do that. Hit play, ran in space, did the combo once. Don't even know if I was in frame to be honest with you. <laughs> we finished that and then they were like, okay, so there's gonna be a final callback on, I think it was like a Saturday. There's going to be a final callback on Saturdays just so we can do a lineup of the final people. Tattoo, to, it comes to Saturday, no email. And I was like, great, didn't get a final
0: callback. That's fine. Slip Moving Iris, on. Back to the restaurant I go. <laughs> yeah,
1: monster.com, looking for a job. <laughs> I get an email from passing. They're like, we need you to come in for a final callback. It's at this time. Two hours notice what? Once again, I'm like, okay, um, great. Thank you so much. Can't wait. Um, How long is the callback going to be just so I can rent studio space? No answer. So I just did an hour and a half just to be safe. (laughs) And because I was playing DJ at the same time, I was like, I don't have enough time to like hit play and get into, get into spots. So I asked my best friend, I was like, will you come with me and like play DJ?
0: Yes, please. Get to the studio, get
1: ready, join the Zoom call. Nobody's there. (laughs) They were now 45 minutes late for the final callback. Shit and bricks. I'm like, well, I'm going to lose the studio space. Finally, they come on. I'm ready to dance. I'm like, I've been practicing the same combo over and over again. I know it like the back of my hand, I'm ready to book this gig. Cut to, there was like maybe, I think eight of us on the Zoom callback and the choreographer was going one at a time and simply just asking us if we were willing to be a local hire. We never danced. And I was like, I rented a studio for $80 thinking I was going to dance, but because they never told us what we were doing, I could have been in my bed teeny, butt naked from the waist
0: down to let them know I would be a local hire. Danny, I have many thoughts. Um, I spent
1: over $200 on this audition.
0: And look, look, Danny, got to spend some to make some. I've said it on the podcast before. You know, you do have to invest in your product, being you, in your equipment, in your time. I'm all about it. But there are certain situations like this where you go, come on, like, really? I'm a person here with a right. We, we are unemployed actors.
1: living in new york i mean like the amount of money these producers are
0: saving on studio space is crazy it's just a little bit of communication wouldn't kill right and i've got to be honest danny i haven't experienced something that like to that level at this at this point i've auditioned for a lot of film and television but i know it's just every product's different Uh, sorry every product every project Mm -hmm. um and You know, coming down to the wire, COVID, money, budgets, like I get it, but all to say you booked it.
1: I did book it.
0: Okay. So it was worth it. It
1: was definitely, definitely worth it. I truly didn't think I got it because a few days after the final callback, I emailed my agent and I was like, Hey, like, has there been any word, any offers going out? I just want to know if I can let this go. And she was like, "Um, one of the girls in the agency did receive an offer, but I did not get an offer yet. And she was like, they're not done casting, but I would just let this go for now. Right. Cut to two days later, one of my best friends, he was like, hey, like, have you heard anything? And I was like, no, like, I don't think I got it. My agent told me today, like, just to let it go. The day after that, I got a fucking offer.
0: Of course of course the universe and
1: when I got the email and it showed up on my phone it was like offer letter and I screamed out loud you've got to be fucking kidding me
0: that's <laughs> feeling though man that's I mean, feeling
1: like, full full tears like on my kitchen floor like haven't worked in over a fucking year our careers were ripped from us
0: And that's it, right? And you've got a crazy fucking story to tell. And of course, you're eternally grateful. But it doesn't change the fact that it was such a mess to get there.
1: The audition process was definitely hellish.
0: Okay. Do you have anything else you want to share with the podsters audition-wise, Danny?
1: Anything else? Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone else has heard of this. But, like, do you remember? It was before the pandemic. There was, like, some Magic Mike live audition happening in New York. And someone took their shit on
0: the floor. <gasps> wait oh, a second. Yes, New York City, baby. Only in New York. You know what's funny? Being in like Toronto and like having all these American friends in New York City and stuff. I'm pretty sure there was a meme going around. No. Yes, 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 yes. And you're there was telling different- me.
1: There was all these, like, conspiracy theories and, like, someone was like, yeah, like, no, someone just stepped in dog shit or, like, no, someone brought their dog to the audition or, like, no, like, this girl was pissed off and took a shit on the floor.
0: All of which could have happened. And you know what's funny, Danny? Like, when you when these cattle call anou- announcements like for open calls and whatever when it's non music theater related you get even more crazies right out of the fucking woods like
1: <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've I've witnessed people like bring their child to like a dance call what. Ask- Yes, I have witnessed someone bring their fucking newborn child to a dance call and ask the monitor to watch the baby while they're in the room.
0: <laughs> Look, desperate times, man. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tack on to that. My mom has a really good friend who's an actor, right? And she took a break to raise her family. But when she had her first baby, my mom was out in Vancouver visiting her, and she had an audition. Uh-huh. And my mom went with her and she's like, you have to pretend like this is your baby, Kelly. You have to pretend this is your baby. They can't know. So like, you know, shit happens, right? You got to do what you got to do. But like, come on, really?
1: (laughs) I was a corpse. Like, it's not like she was going into the room for a quick 16 bar cut. She was going, trying to get seen at a goddamn dance call. And she was like, can you watch my baby for 45 minutes?
0: And what did the monitor do? She was like, no, no sweetie no, I'm not gonna be in charge of this fetus.
1: this child I, I mean, like you have to do what you gotta do, but it was just I silently laughed.
0: I know and that's when you know Danny, like as much as we're fucked up like <laughs> you know that we're okay. like we're not okay. like we're far from it, but at least we're not taking dumps on studio floors and bringing our baby to audition. So it was. Wow, I love you! Thank you so much for sharing this madness with us. You're always so refreshing because I feel like we just kind of get each other. We're just like, this is like, this is like not okay, but no. like we're, we're still doing it. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thanks, Danny. That's a wrap on episode twenty. Audition horror stories. Thank you to all of the podsters who wrote in. Thank you, Jack and Danny, for coming on the show and hanging yourselves out to dry. There is nothing like a little self-reflection to keep us leveling up. Am I right, podsters? There's no time to be mediocre. Make sure you check out my merchandise at www.podsters.com. More teasplease.shop as well as those exclusive podcast discounts. Make sure you follow the show on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Share with your friends, rate, and review because it keeps this show alive and it keeps me leveling up. Are you okay? Don't care. Great! Bring on the bubbly! bubbly. Babe! Hey guys, this is Are You Okay with Teeny Lewis?